0: Welcome to the Shift Gold Friday Gold Wrap, your overview of this week's Precious Metals News. It's Friday, June 10th. I'm your host, Mike Mahary. Thanks for tuning in. Okay, it's CPI Day. Woohoo! We'll get the uh, inflation data for May here in just a little bit. I'm going to do something a little bit different with the show. I'm going to set things up do a little bit of analysis, and then when the CPI data comes out here in a little while, we'll do a Friday Gold Wrap breaking news segment, and uh, I'll do a little flash analysis on the CPI data once it's out. So basically, everybody's holding their breath for the consumer price index data that's about to come out. If you watch some of the mainstream coverage, you'll hear a lot about inflation peaking. So the big hope here is that the data today will confirm that inflation has reached its zenith. In fact, it reached its zenith in March is what everybody's saying. And uh, now it's on, as Reuters put it, the long hike back down the mountain. So the projection is that we should see a CPI print pretty close to what we saw in April with the year-on-year number holding steady at 8.3% and a pretty hot month-on-month gain in the 0.7% range. So I don't have to tell you that an 8.3% increase in prices year-on-year, that's pretty high, right? And of course, we know that this inflation data is cooked. The CPI number understates the actual increases in prices. But if you look at just that headline number, you have to say, that doesn't look much like peak inflation. So how are they going to spend this as good news on the inflation front? Well, there's going to be a lot of talk about core CPI. Now, we all know that gasoline prices took a huge leg up last month. Food prices are also climbing pretty quickly quickly, but since those prices are so volatile, they strip them out and create this core inflation number. So the consensus is the core will only be up modestly between 0.1% and 0.3%. And if that is indeed what we get, you're going to hear a lot about peak inflation having come and gone. So here's how Reuters framed things in its article, kind of setting up the CPI data. Um, and I think this is pretty typical of the mainstream narrative. Now, this is in the context of the Fed. Tightening monetary policy to fight inflation. Reuters writes, quote, While some economists fear this abrupt tightening could cool the economy into recession, a broad range of recent data covering the labor, manufacturing, and housing markets, for example, have hinted at the prospect that the economy is cooling on its own and might give the Fed, which has pledged to remain agile in its response to economic data, some wiggle room to make more dovish turn this fall, end quote. So, That's nice, right? We're going to get good CPI data and we're going to get a more dovish fed in the fall. Heck, if we get a good CPI number, we may even get a more dovish fed in this meeting that's coming up this month. So, That would be great, right? A dovish turn in the fall, just in time for the midterm elections. Because, of course, that more dovish turn would likely blow a bit of air into the stock market, and the powers that be certainly don't want a tanking stock market when they're trying to convince you to vote for them. And don't think for a second there isn't a political element to all of this. You hear people say, oh, the Federal Reserve, it's not political. It's above the p- political fray. That's bull crap. Everybody knows it. The Fed is, by its very nature, a political entity. So, um, yeah, this would be real convenient, and, and certainly that's probably why they're trying to spin it this way. So. Basically, what Reuters is saying is that if we see some cooling in the CPI data, the Fed can go ahead and start creating inflation again. Remember, inflation isn't rising prices. That's the symptom of inflation. Inflation is an increase in the money supply. So the Fed has actually slowed the pace of money creation. The money supply actually shrank modestly last month for the first time in forever. And we've seen some minimal shrinkage in the Fed balance sheet. Balance sheet reduction is supposed to start in earnest this month. So inflation properly defined is on a downtrend. We're seeing a shrinkage of the money supply. But that's not enough to mitigate all of the inflation the central bank has created over the last decade plus trillions and trillions of dollars when you look at the quantitative easing that the fed did after the 2008 financial crisis and then of course Uh, quantitative easing on steroids during the pandemic. As I've said over and over again, to really fight inflation, the Fed has to pull trillions of dollars of liquidity out of the economy. It needs real interest rates above that CPI level, above 8.3%. Nominal interest rates of 1 or 2% won't do the trick, but it can't do what it needs to do without collapsing this bubble economy. The The economy depends on easy money. The economy is high on easy money. If the pusher, the Fed, takes that drug away, the addict is going to go into withdrawal, and the withdrawal is going to be severe. It might even kill it. So there is no real inflation fight. That's why we're getting this spin. The powers that be need you to think inflation is going down, so the central bankers over at the Fed have the cover they need to crank up the printing presses again and create some inflation to keep the fake economy afloat. Now, if we do get some cooling in the core CPI number, well, that's great for the Fed. Meanwhile, you and I are getting the crap squeezed out of us by rising prices. Now, I gotta be honest, I don't really care what some government created data says. I know personally that prices are pinching my budget. They're pinching my budget hard. In fact, I've made some behavioral changes trying to deal with rising prices. That's why this whole fixation on core CPI annoys me a little bit. You know, number crunchers can pull out food and gas and then tell me that everything is fine, but I still gotta pay for food and gas, right? Core inflation is a made up number. It doesn't help me at all. It has no real bearing on real life. Out here in the real world, I have a panic attack every time I pass the gas station. Um, Interesting, Bloomberg Economics ran some numbers and calculated just how much the inflation tax is costing you. U.S. households will spend five thousand two hundred dollars more this year than they did last year on the same consumption basket that breaks down to four hundred and thirty three dollars in extra expenditures every single month no wonder my wallet feels squeezed right the thing is you're not getting any more for your money you're paying more and you're getting less so, you know, they can talk about core CPI all they want. So I see some gas and food prices coming down. It's really not going to help my situation personally. So, you know, as a result of all of this, Americans are blowing through their savings and they're running up debt at a frantic pace. Consumer debt was up again big in April. In fact, consumer debt is now above the pre-pandemic record. I'll link to an article in the show notes page with the data Uh, Meanwhile, the savings rate has dropped to the lowest level since 2008. So this great economy that everybody keeps talking about is brought to you by MasterCard and Visa. Now, you know, everybody was thrilled to get their stimulus checks in the mail during the COVID-19 pandemic. I was warning people that that was going to cause problems, right? But everybody told me, shut up and enjoy my free money. But of course, nothing in life is free, and this includes free things that are handed out by the government. So today, you're paying for those STEMI checks and the government pandemic spending spree. Never ever forget that every dollar the government spends ultimately comes out of taxpayers' pockets. It comes out of your pocket. Government can pay for their expenditures in just three ways. Now, The most honest way is through direct taxation. In that case, the government collects the amount it spends each year in taxes. But that's not particularly popular with voters, and politicians are reluctant to push tax increases when they want to spend more money. So, a second way is to borrow the money. The government sells bonds to willing lenders to finance current spending. But of course, in effect, this is still direct taxation, right? It merely pushes the taxes into the future. When those bonds have to be paid off, the taxpayer will foot the bill. Or maybe your kids or grandkids. This is much more convenient for politicians, of course, because they have very short time horizons, as we discussed in last week's show. By the time the bill comes due, they'll likely be long gone or in some other position. And if they're still in office, well, they can always borrow more money to pave off the current debt and keep kicking a can down the road. As long as the taxpayer doesn't feel the squeeze today, the politicians don't really have to worry too much about blowback. But anybody who has ever run up a credit card knows that you can only borrow so much, right? That's a problem for politicians who want to kick the can down the road. Eventually, they run out of road. In fact, we can see the barricades right up ahead, right? With a national debt of well over $30 trillion, there is no way the government can realistically ever pay The national debt. It's just kick the can down the road, kick the can down the road, tell us, oh no, it's no problem, we've been doing this, it's fine, it's not fine. So this leads us to the third way that government pays for uh, its spending the inflation tax. The U.S. Treasury still sells bonds in the open market, as it always has, but now the Federal Reserve puts its big fat thumb on the bond market. It buys treasuries, puts them on its balance sheet, and pays for these treasuries with money it creates out of thin air. This devalues the currency and effectively decreases your purchasing power, but it allows the government to keep spending, spending, spending without having to raise taxes in an honest way. So here's the the mechanism of all of this: when the government collects taxes to pay for spending, it literally takes your money and then it gives it to somebody else. Your purchasing power is diminished. You know, when I write that tax check uh, every April, my money, my purchasing power is diminished, and because obviously I have less money to spend. But the other person the person who gets my money, their purchasing power goes up. So, you know, whether it's Lockheed or Raytheon or or uh, some somebody getting a transfer payment, they have more purchasing power. So, I have less, they have more. They have more money to spend. So, from a macro perspective, it's a wash. The amount of money in the system remains unchanged. Some people are better off, some people are worse off. But when the government prints money and then gives it to somebody else to spend— My purchasing power hasn't been diminished at all, at least not in dollar terms. I still have the same amount of money in my bank account as I did before. But now there's another person out there who has money who can now go out and spend it, money that they didn't have before. That person can compete with me and buy stuff. It creates a bidding war for goods and services. And of course, when there's a bidding war, when there's more demand... Prices go up. That's the big thing with all of this pandemic spin. You know, they'll tell you, oh, it's just a demand problem. There's still too much demand out there. And that's why we have inflation. Well, of course we have demand. The government's handing out free money for people to spend. If you've got money to spend, you're going to spend it. And then there's going to be demand. So When you boil it all down, there is now more money in the system chasing the same number of goods and services. Prices rise. Economics 101, right? Everything becomes more expensive. So, in effect, instead of the government taking your money, the government takes the purchasing power of your money. And, you know, call it what you want, but when you boil it all down, that's a tax. You're paying that tax today to the tune of $433 per month. That 8.3% CPI, or whatever the number comes out to be today, that is the inflation tax. You're paying for those stimulus checks. You're paying for all of this government spending. Now, there are a lot of people out there who seem to think the best way to fight inflation is through more government programs and more government spending. In a Wall Street Journal op-ed recently, President Biden claimed we can lower the cost of child and elder care. To help parents get back to work. Lowering the cost of childcare is code for government subsidized childcare. He also alluded to the stalled build back, build back Better bill, which is basically a $2.2 trillion government spending spree. Biden wrote, We can also reduce the cost of everyday goods by fixing broken supply chains, improving infrastructure, blah, blah, blah. So basically, Biden says he's going to fight inflation by pushing the same old spending programs Democrats have been pushing forever and ever. And, of course, Republicans push their own spending programs as well. So it's just a lot of government spending. It should be clear to you that this will not fix inflation. In fact, it will only make inflation worse, raising the inflation tax. Now again, I can't emphasize this enough. Every dollar the government spends comes out of your pocket, out of my pocket. Never forget that. If you take nothing else ever from this show, remember there is no free lunch. Every dollar of government spending you are paying for. So no matter what the CPI data tells us today, just know that we are nowhere near peak inflation. The government isn't going to stop spending money. You're not going to see all of a sudden this this uh, this move to cut government spending. It's not going to raise taxes. That's politically unpopular. I mean, the Democrats will try to raise taxes on the rich, but of course, that doesn't generate enough revenue to actually cover spending. That's just a bunch of, uh, of political um, gobbledygook for the Democrat base. So, Basically, what that means is the Fed isn't going to stop printing money, because as long as the U.S. government is borrowing money, the Fed has to keep its thumb on the bond market in order to enable that borrowing. The Fed is the engine that drives all of this. So that's inflation. In fact, good news on the CPI front today is bad news for inflation. It's just going to give them an excuse to make more of it. So, looking at the clock, it is about 8.34. That means uh, the data should be out. It was supposed to come out at 8.30. So, let me hunt around and uh, find out what the numbers are, and then we'll break them live, and we'll talk about it. Okay, well, that's not good. Um It appears that uh, inflation came in even hotter than projected. So remember I said the mainstream consensus was running somewhere in the 8.3% range, kind of equaling what we had last month. Uh, The year-on-year headline number, 8.6%. So that is now the highest since 1981. It is the highest uh, headline CPI number of the year. Month on month, it was a 1% gain. So we saw a 1% increase in prices uh, just in a single month. Uh, I have not seen the core number yet. Nobody's posted. I'm just looking on Twitter. Um, I guess I could probably find an article and get that number but let's just look at this headline number higher than expected um 8.6 percent closer to nine than eight right if you're rounding you're going to say it's nine percent again knowing that this is understating the actual increase in prices so you know no wonder people are burning through their savings and running up their credit cards this is this is not sustainable and it is certainly going to tank the economy so It'll be interesting to see um, how, how this is spun because basically it kind of puts the Fed in a box. Now, again, I haven't looked at the core, so we'll have to get that number because that's the one everybody's going to fixate on. But just looking at this headline number, it's going to be really difficult for the Fed to argue, well, we've seen peak inflation, so we can be a little bit more dovish. They're going to have to keep the pedal to the metal or figure out some excuse uh, why they can, uh, can back off. So, I think this is uh this is probably going to mean that the Fed is going to continue to try to be hawkish at least for another meeting or two. Um let's see what gold is doing. Hold on a second. I'm going to pull this up. See, this is what you get when you get me being live. Although I know it's not really technically live for you guys. Um it's live for me. You know, normally I do script these shows out. I'm sure you Hold on a second, I can't talk and click. So yeah, I do normally script the show um, and, and have pretty extensive show notes so you know so I know what I'm talking about. So this is off the cuff Mahari here um, and we're pulling up the ticker that will tell us what how gold is reacting to this. so gold's dropped we're at 1834 an ounce uh it's down 1360 um it was uh it was a little it was it was actually dropping I- even before the data came out so the initial reaction is gold's dropping kind of expected that because this is the narrative the fed is going to be more aggressive and tightening so we you know interest rates are going to keep going up so don't buy gold no 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 i think that's dumb What we're seeing is record inflation, 8.6% just based on the CPI, and people are selling gold. It's insane. It'll be interesting to see if we get a little bit of a bounce earlier in the day. Now, I would expect the stock market will also um, have a pretty rough day, given that everybody will expect the Fed to continue tightening. Now, of course, we all know... That there is only so much tightening that the Fed can do. I mean, it's really not done that much in the way of tightening, right? We have a fifty, uh, we have seventy-five basis points of interest rate hikes so far, and um, you know, as of the beginning of this month, it hadn't even really started quantitative tightening, and yet we've already seen ripples through the um, economy. In fact. The other day, the Atlanta Fed dropped its projection for Q2 GDP down to 0.9%. So we're now down below 1% on the projected um, GP, um, <clears throat> GDP for this uh, quarter. So, you know, we're getting really close to two months of consecutive negative GDP tr- prints, which would indicate that we are, in fact, In a recession. All right, I'm gonna pause here and see if I can find that core CPI number. Hold on just a second, go get yourself a cup of coffee and uh, we'll dig up a little more data for you. Okay, so I found those core. CPI numbers. Uh, On a yearly basis, core was up 6%. So that was higher than the estimate. And on a monthly basis, core was up 0.6%. So that is the same as last month. So we had 2.6% core increases back to back. So... (sighs) I don't know. They may try to spin this as a little better. Of course, uh, last month the uh, the headline core was 6.2, so it is down a little bit. Uh, but I don't think you can even look at the core number and argue that we've hit peak inflation. Uh, you know, if you look at a 0.6 core, uh, you know, you annualize that out, you're looking at what it's over three percent core increase on a year-to-year basis, and um, yeah, I, I, I don't see how they're going to spin this. The the spin on this is going to have to be inflation is still hot. And that seems to be what the headlines are telling us. Uh, just kind of spooling through Twitter, you see a lot of talk about, ooh, inflation is hotter than expected. Um, not hotter than I expected because, you know, I go to the grocery store. I know, uh, I know what this is like. So let's look at gold again. Let's see what gold's doing. It's always interesting to look at these numbers, like just as they're coming off, kind of see how the reaction is. So, so, gold's actually rallied back. We're back to 344. So, we're only down 360. So, maybe a lot of people are saying, hey, whoa, inflation. Maybe we ought to buy some gold. It's going to be interesting to see over the next couple of days how they spend this, how it plays out. Um, but certainly, Worse news than expected. I think everybody was kind of sanguine uh, yesterday thinking, oh, we're going to be able to talk about how inflation is moderating. It ain't moderating. 8.6% ain't moderating, right? Uh, and, and that means we're still well over 16 17% if you calculate inflation in a more honest way. So, not good news. Um, still a lot of inflation out there. Pretty much what I expected. I mean, you know, the Fed's not doing enough to to fight inflation. So you really can't expect inflation to go down significantly. And uh, so the numbers bear that out. So um, we'll dig more into this as we get into next week. Make sure you check out what's going on over at shiftgold.com slash news. Uh, I'm writing over there um, every single day, and we'll have a more in-depth analysis um, on the CPI as I get a chance to kind of crunch into the numbers a little bit more Um if this concerns you, maybe you want to buy gold. Price is still pretty low. I think gold's a good bargain right now. So is silver. Call a shift gold precious metal specialist. One eight eight. Who said that wrong? One eight 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 gold one sixty is the number that you call. You can email them info at uh, or you can just go to the shift gold website and uh, check out how to start and you can chat with a a shift gold precious metal specialist right there online so do that today they can help you figure out how to navigate this crazy inflation uh, and how precious metals can fit into your portfolio so do that today and with that i think that is a gold wrap for this week you can get more details again on all of these stories and more and, of course, keep up with the latest precious metals news and analysis throughout the entire week over at shiftgold.com slash news. And if you haven't done it already, I can't imagine why you haven't, but maybe you haven't. You can subscribe to the Friday Gold Wrap over at Apple Podcast. We're on Stitcher. We're on the Shift Gold YouTube channel. So lots of ways you can consume this show All of that information is over on the show notes page. If you want to shoot me an email, you're welcome to do that. M. Meharry, M-A-H-A-R-R-E-Y at shiftgold.com. Love to hear from folks. Um, With that, we're going to wrap it up. I hope you have a fantastic weekend, and we will talk to you again next week.